What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. How you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Um, my guest today is, what a guest. Uh, I talked to him, um, let's see, I probably text him, what do, we, what do I text you, five times a day? Um, it's, and we don't even text about basketball now. We text about all kinds of innate crap. Anyway, uh, he worked for the Suns. He have or more of the scouting reports on the Stepien are uh, his and they are excellent. And he's excellent at doing everything. Oh my God. This is what I need to introduce you with. Retweeted by the ringers, Kevin O'Connor today, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. Spencer Perlman. That was cool. Come on. You got to admit that was cool. Little cool. Not cool. I muted myself. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were leaving that you're handing out to dry. No, um, I'm gonna leave that Gavoni, in. I'm gonna tell Andrew to leave that in. Gavoni retweeted my Killian Hayes video from like last September, and like when I posted it. So Killian Hayes just appears to be very retweet worthy. I wonder why that is. Why him? I mean, I guess I mean, he's, he's a good looking guy. He's skilled. He's gonna be a top pick. He is a handsome. He, be a top pick. he is a handsome yeah. young man. Um, okay. So I have, um, I was thinking about it before, uh, I, uh, got on with you that these pods for me have become, I'm, I'm now like, um, uh, I don't think I've used this analogy before. Remind me if I have, I'm like Ben Affleck in, uh, in Goodwill Hunting. Have I used this before? Oh no. I thought you were going to say Batman versus Superman. I was going to be so proud of you. No, no. Well, first of all, please tell me you. No, I'm. I, you'll never get me to make the DC reference on this podcast. Have you? You've seen Goodwill Hunting, I hope. Nope. Oh my god! How old are you? Twenty seven. Twenty eight. Twenty. Okay, so the movie came out in like, dude, that's embarrassing. Okay. <sighs> Briefly, he, um, Matt Damon is a genius. He's not even like a genius. He's a an uber genius he's like one of the five smartest people in the world um and he works as a fucking janitor because he grew up and he like solves the riddle yes he solves a riddle anyway there's a equation on the board yes there have you seen it no but i've seen that scene in okay i think it was family guy or something (laughs) so ben affleck who in this analogy is me isn't a genius he's just a fucking idiot and every day he goes to pick up um his I think it's his best friend. I don't think they're related. Maybe they're cousins or something, whatever, um, to go to like, you know, drop him off at work. And he's, and in the beginning of the movie or at some point in the movie, he says, you know, like one day I hope I'm going to knock on your door and that you're not going to be here anymore. And then I won't spoil the ending for the movie of you, but, um, that's my hope is like one day I'm going to, I'm going to text you be like, Hey, you want to come on the pod? And, and you're going to be like, no, man, I'm, I'm working for something far too good to come on your shitty pod um which of course i guess i would have heard about that from you since we do talk every day but that's just go with the fantasy for a second i will (laughs) yeah i appreciate that um all right so we are uh what's today i don't even know it's september something uh we're six weeks away from the draft but of course we're not really six weeks from the draft because we know it's going to get delayed until i think i my my guess was originally november 5th i which somebody gave me a couple of reasons why maybe that won't be, I don't know if you had to bet money, would you say it's getting done before November or you think it's going to be into November? Uh, it's probably gonna be November. I mean, didn't Woj have the article saying it's going to be November? He didn't, co- he didn't actually, happened. he didn't report it. He was like, intimating uh, it. Speculate. All right. So, I mean, yeah, between that and they still haven't had the combine and, or I know they're going to try to have the combine and I know like Des just got his gear yesterday. 
So oh, really? They're try- yeah, he was really excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, and I'm sure you were excited for him. We're going to talk about him a lot later. So I sent him the GIF from the office when, who is, when, uh, I forgot who's pregnant. It might be like Pam or something. And Michael's coming out of the office. He's like, oh my God, it's happening. I sent that to him and he's like, my feelings, ex- my feelings exactly. <laughs> so he's excited, but I got to figure that that probably won't happen until like October. And I don't know. I yeah. Mean, no, I think that's, that's, that's fair. And you know, I think there's probably something to like the NBA should probably worry about one thing at a time. Um, yeah. so, okay, whatever the draft is coming up. Um, it, there's always a possibility that I'm going to get my wish and, and you're not going to be available to, to do another pod. So I, I, I thought it would be fun to kind of do two things on this episode. One, um, the main thing that we're going to get to in a little bit is we're going to do uh marry, fuck, kill. And I'm going to give you, <laughs> so I, have you played this game in real life? Uh, I'm not going to confirm or deny that. That's a smart move. Um, what we're going to do with draft prospects, uh, and I'm going to try to do like position grouping. So it's not completely random and, um, we'll have some fun uh, with that. But before that, um, I thought I would just throw some takes your way and you react to the take in whatever way that you see fit. And I'm, I'm trying to center these on some people that, uh, it, it seems as if they are, pertinent to the discussion of who the Knicks may uh, wind up with, with the eighth pick. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll go on our, our journey from there. So it's funny you brought up Mr. Hayes, um, or I guess I brought him up because that was the, the clip that Kevin O'Connor retweeted. So um, you're going to complete the following sentence. You ready? If yeah. the Knicks can move up to get Hayes by using only the 2021 Dallas unprotected pick, they should blank. Should they do it or should they not do it? Uh, I'm going to say no. Please, please expand on that. I mean, it's tough. So, I mean, KP is going to be back at some point next season. So, like, if, if I thought KP was going to be out the entire season, I probably would have said no. Yeah, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say yes, actually. Okay. I think I think Dallas is a playoff team again next year, so it's going to be outside the lotto. And while the draft still is good, like you know, it's it's a deep draft next year. Um, I kind of think that the fact that you're struggling with this is actually a surprise to me. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, so I'm trying to think. I guess where Killian kind of would be in next year's draft, also. Okay, that's fair. So obviously um, the maybe I should just make this a hundred percent clear. The Knicks would be giving up the eighth pick and the Dallas pick to to move up. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that. Then never mind. Um, so you would rather have the Dallas pick and the eighth yeah, pick, I, obviously. I, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's two picks over one, and the Knicks can definitely get somebody good at the eighth set, at the eighth spot this year and the next year. Like Dallas's pick, it's it. it they're probably going to be in the playoffs. They're not going to be, you know, the 28th. It's not going to be the 28th or 27th pick. It's probably going to be closer to like 20 or so. And I think at that point, you could still get somebody good. Would it would it change your thinking if um, Brock Aller worked some protection magic and the pick was, say, like top 10 or lottery protected? Or you still, you like the 20th pick or 22nd pick or something in next year's draft that much? It's not that I like the 20th or 22nd pick as much as I don't really want to have to give up the eighth pick outright also. Okay. Listen, Um, this is, this is intriguing for me because I, and this is why I wanted to start with Hayes because Hayes is the guy that I think I have the most trouble wrapping my um, own mind around from a valuation perspective, specifically with, I think, I, I think I know what his, his, I have a good sense of what his ceiling is, but in mm-hmm. terms of the things that need to happen for him to reach that ceiling, I don't, I haven't quite figured out for myself the risk that's involved with those things and how that should be factored into the discussion of whether or not to trade up for him. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think really the only risk with him, like everyone's going to point out the right hand. Yeah, fine. I think 
that's definitely a risk. I think the fact that he has a step back and sidesteps going to the right hand actually helps him counter a lot of that. Uh, helps helps him counter a lot of his inability to finish with his right hand, um, or unwillingness unwillingness to attack with his right downhill. But like, I, I guess the number one risk would be the catch and shoot, and that's not something I think is risky. I think it's just that even Killian at his absolute peak isn't, I don't think, you know, like a top five point guard. Um, okay. I think he's more of like a 10 to 12 ish, eight to, I guess eight to 12. And, you know, maybe I'm splitting hairs between eight and eight and five, but I think in terms of point guards and lead guards, you need them to be full on engines. And I don't think Killian can be a full on engine, just kind of like unto himself. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing not to go off on. I'm really going to try not to go off on tangents with you. Um, cause I could with everything you say, but like, um, if you're not in that, and I, I understand why you quibbled between 10 and eight, if what, whatever you consider that elite top level is, if you're not there, then there's a replacement out there for you in the league that I feel like is maybe more plentiful than we realize. Um, th- does that make sense? Yeah, but I mean, I think it's kind of hard to find a replacement top third point guard or like that middle third point guard. Um, it's just, it kind of caps your ceiling for the team. Okay. I got, unless, no, okay. Unless if you have, like, yeah. you know, really great players around him. And like, I still, I love Killian. Killian's still number two on my board. So, or two, three, four, whatever. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I just don't really think I'd rather, I'd trade the pick and I'd rather have two swings at the, uh, at getting two good players. Um, okay. instead of just one. I like it. Um, all right, we're going to try I got to be, remember to be expeditious cause I, I want your opinion on a lot of stuff. I think this will be a quicker answer. Devin Vassell, uh, or Devin Vassell. I don't know why I always want to say Vassell. Devin Vassell is the safest non big man in the draft. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. See, that was quick. Um, another of, of Vassell follow up. Uh, Vass will be, um, substandard. Um, standard or better than standard, like or better than average, at attacking closeouts after, let's say, a year or two in the pros? Um, I think he'll be above average. Um, That's good. He, yeah, he showed it this way. His off the dribble stuff, where when they tried chasing him off the line, was pretty good. Um, he just has to attack the rim more. Um, but yeah, I think he'll be above average there. And just remind me your, your thoughts on his finishing, or what, what do you think of it? I don't think it was that good. Didn't I just send you the stats a few days ago? You did. Like, I didn't have court. But it does. It's not. It's it's not. Um. It's not like a Coros. It's like a nothing. It's nothing special. Yeah. Um. I just I thought of this because like you know again I'm always trying to like watch what we're seeing now, especially in the playoffs, and like project and like okay, is this a guy that can play in 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 what the types of games that we're seeing now. And like watching the the Rockets, it's like not only can all of them shoot, but all of them can attack the the basket and make the proper kickout pass if need be. So that's why I wanted to just ask that about about um, Vassell. Yeah, I mean, he's also shown some really nice flashes passing. It's just that Florida State, they just kind of used everybody and not pieces. They used everyone kind of like sparingly as the as the creator. Um with the exception of, I think it was like Trent Forrest, maybe. Um, okay. But like Pat Williams had got some burn as, as a pick and roll ball handler and creating. Uh, Vassell did it a little bit, but it was nobody getting like the Trey Young or the Cole Anthony type of. Gotcha. Uh, I I think uh, he's going to be the pick if he's there at eight. Um, I just, I, I have a feeling. Now we're going to move on to uh, one of your favorites. <clears throat> Obi Toppin has shown some evidence of being a smart off-ball defender, or whatever, if you want to say team defender. You could you plug that in. What's the threshold for evidence? <laughs> I think he just answered the question, but um, no, enough. Okay, so he has shown enough to make... To make a team think that within a couple years, with with and um, 
I, I was, I, he's 22. So that needs to be factored in as well. Um, so let's say by 24, 25 with NBA, you know, all the time that goes into NBA, all, all that stuff that he's going to be a guy who, you know, I mean, let's can, can survive in the last five minutes of a, of a close playoff game with, with the type of sophistication that offenses are showing nowadays. I think he'll be targeted pretty easily, just kind of like on ball. And then if he's playing off ball, I don't think he'll be able to make the reads quick enough. I just don't really think he processes things quickly on um, on defense and couple that with his like, you know, poor lateral movement. It's a recipe for disaster, I think. And <clears throat> I, I don't know if I said this on here, if I said this on another pod, but if you're planning on picking top and just try to swing a trade for like John Collins instead, because he's better I think you texted me that. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you you texted me that. Yeah, because like he's, I think, six months older. He's a much better. I mean, he's he's much more athletic laterally. Um, He doesn't have the vertical athleticism that Topman does. But Collins is a really good athlete himself, and like it just that would make more sense. And that's not something I'm advocating for either. Just why would you take somebody who's less refined than somebody else if they're pretty much the same age and will have the same role and have similar flaws, except Collins' defense was, it improved a decent amount this year, I thought. Not to Col- say it was good, but it was yeah. better than fast. Collins is interesting to me. Like thinking of him on his next contract is kind of like how I think of Buddy Heald on his contract. And it's like, I mean, okay, if you're giving it to me for free essentially, but do I want to pay, do I want to, pay for the right to pay John Collins what he is going to make on his next contract. That is the, you know, so which, which gets us back to, Hey, maybe just don't pick Toppin. Um, But of course I, I I just like to needle you. So here's, here's the example that I'm going to give you. You ready for this one? So now, now it's actually, this is a scenario. So you are on a plane um, much as David Griffin was on a plane to go interview for the New York Knicks, uh, whatever job GM president. And then, um, remember uh, David Griffin on the plane allegedly found out that uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. was signed to a four-year, $71 million offer uh, sheet, which by the way, I think if I was him on the plane, I think I would have actually jumped out of the plane. I think I would have gotten my parachute and I just would have, I would have jumped out. Um, except it's not Hardaway. You are on your way to interview for the next GM job and you have just been told that they have drafted Obi Toppin. So you're listen, you're you're you have not led the Cavs to a championship. You, you're going to take the GM job. So right. when, when you get off the plane, what is the what is the positive spin you are going to tell yourself about this young player who the team that is about to employ you has just drafted? Or, uh, or do you jump off the plane? I guess I should give you that as the option. No, I'd, I'd stay on it. Um, I view it as a challenge. Um, but I mean, the spin would be, he's, he's an elite finisher in the paint. He's a really high level passer. Um, he's a great vertical spacer. There's shooting potential there. Um, pretty much all offense. And then the thought would be that if you can surround him with enough high IQ players like Mikhail Bridges and, you know, Marcus Smart and guys like that, then you can potentially put a, uh, you know, at least a league average defense around that. I mean, look what, what's his name did with, uh, Clifford did with Al Jefferson. Although I think it's easier to, to, to create a, um, a league average defense around a big, like a five than it is a four. Well, that was my next, that was my last question on, on top. And do you don't see, what do you think his position is? His best position is to minimize his deficiencies on defense at the four or the five. I don't think he has a position, and I, I think <laughs> great answer. Thank you for that. Like, people said the same thing about Bagley, um, and they might be the right. Same, yeah, I mean the Kings also tried playing him at the three, which is just stupid. Um, but Bagley at least had athleticism, like laterally, to stay in front of guys if he wanted if they wanted the switch, and um, he moved better. Just. I guess aside from vertically um, and same with Collins and Toppin's just worse. And I think his center of gravity is also just way off and like, and best case scenario, he, he somehow is able to play, I guess the five full time, but 
just thinking about him trying to defend like Jokic, Nurkic, Embiid. Well, okay, so anybody. But, yeah, but you, we could. Those are those are so, very specific matchups, which happen. Yeah, but like, yeah. like even if it's even if it's not someone like that, like if you're playing the Pacers and if they're running pick and pops with Miles Turner, like how how are you going to defend that? You're obviously now dropping because then you're going to force the weak side rotation, and then if the rotation to the corner is not going to be there, then you have an open corner three. You can't hedge with him because if you hedge with him, T- Turner is just going to straight up like blitz the rim. You can't so- play soft because if he's soft, then you're going to be able to have the 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 point guard's going to dribble around the screen. He's going to be able to get enough downhill to create some pressure, which is either going to force Toppin out or the guy's just going to get it right around Toppin. And you obviously can't trap with them because Toppin's not getting. Yeah, we, I think we could stop at the at the Obi Toppin trapping. Um, yeah. Uh, visual. Uh, I, I don't need that in my life right now. Um, <laughs> let's. <laughs> did they ever try to trap with him in at uh, Dayton, or is that not a thing that they did? No. Okay. No, not that I. Not that I'm aware of. Probably. The only one who actually showed like capability doing everything was Okongwu, and even his like when they tried blitzing with him, he wasn't that great getting back all the time. But I think that might have been a motor thing. I'm well, not entirely sure yet. Talk about talk about uh, ESP. Literally, the next little bullet point on my on my uh, thing, which I have not shared with you, but I, I just want all of the listeners to know, I didn't give you any of this ahead of time. This is all I wanted your fresh, like unfiltered opinion. Um, uh, Onyeka Okongwu or Mitch, who is the more valuable NBA player in three years? Schwinn, if you're listening, I'm, I was about to say, I'm trying to get you in trouble. So just stick yeah, the bait. Schwinn and, and Drew, uh, don't listen, but I think it's going to be Okongwu. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think he's going to defend the post better. He's, he's much stronger. I think he's more physical, um, although, you know, he still has to learn how to use his strength better. He's still more, le- less easily movable in the post than Mitch is. I think. Um, I think his IQ is really just good for his age. Um, I think his ability to switch is, is there. His ability to just kind of correct mistakes, both of his own uh, creation and his teams, it's really impressive. And then on offense, um, he's a fantastic finisher with both hands. He can finish through contact. Um, he gets off the ground super quickly and with so much just straight force, like, Mitch gets off really quickly and he rises quickly. Okongu, like the way that I kind of picture it, and forgive me for the DC reference, but it's like if you're Steel, bringing it up, it's fine. I'm yeah. just not going to bring it up. So just in, in Man of Steel, the first time Clark flew, you saw the ground around him just kind of like raise up a little bit. Oh my God. He's creating so much downward pressure that he's exploding up. That's like Okongu just, he explodes and he just like, he explodes up and like no one's stopping him. And then the passing, he's shown really nice like flashes of passing off the bounce. And I think you need that in today's NBA as a big, either the ability, the ability to pass or the ability to, um, to shoot. Oh, that actually reminds me. Does he, did he operate on the short roll much at, I have not watched a lot of tape of Okongo. Did he, did he do a lot on the short roll at USC? Not that much. Cause they played him a lot at power forward. Oh, okay. <clears throat> next to Rakosevich or um, or the lesser Mobley, bar- lesser Mobley brother. But um, he did have some nice flashes. I think he had <clears throat> like two or three really nice passes maybe against Utah. Um, and just like his body control, like he's dribbling around players doing Euro steps. He, he had a few of those this year. And okay. in the NCAA where there's less space, I think it's more impressive. Yeah, no. Um, I, I, from what I've seen, I, I like him. Um, all right, I'm gonna move on because I don't want to get in trouble. I just want you to get in trouble. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, That's this, a good friend. <laughs> I, I mean, really, this is this is what friends are for. Uh, I think this will be the quickest answer of the entire podcast. If Desmond Bain is there at 27, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is you have to? Okay, so this is like Jeopardy. You have to let me finish the question first before you answer. Um, if Desmond Bain is there at 27, is there any reason New oh. York should like, is there anyone who you could even remotely reasonably see falling that would get them to think twice about taking Bain at 27 or that should? 
What is no? <laughs> Thank you for phrasing your answer in the form of a question. Okay. Um, I mean, Jeopardy, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's Jeopardy. Um, so it's, it's interesting you say that because the next question is going to be about Grant Riller, um, who is a guy that I think... I can't tell. It, 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 well, let me just ask you the question. Grant Riller's ceiling is what? Uh, and I guess we. I should. So I have to remember. Not everybody is as in tune on on um, draft the draft period as as maybe uh, we are. So Grant Riller is an older player. He's twenty. Oh, is he twenty three? He's yeah. He's, I think he's going to be twenty four. And like when the season starts, he's the oldest player that's projected to get drafted. And he's been a four-year player at a was it D three school college at Charleston or something? No, no, it's D one. Oh, is it D one? Okay, I would see. Yeah, I give I yeah. didn't give him enough credit. <laughs> um, and he was the one. Um, so just for a frame of reference, I asked you and the other three uh, draft Twitter people that we had on the Hoop Spy Pod if um, Grant Riller had had the exact same season he just had, and he was twenty years old, where would he go in this draft? And I think the range of answers was like the late lottery to like the fifth pick. So incredibly talented. Yeah. You said something like, like late top 10. Um, so he's an incredibly talented player that I think there are still some New York fans who maybe don't know a lot about. So maybe you could say, what do you think his ceiling is? And maybe just give a, a couple quick things on him. Um, yeah. So he's, he's a bowling ball when he's attacking the rim. Um, like he's, I think six, three, like 200 pounds, Super athletic, very strong, very like functionally strong. So he uses his strength well. Um, he creates space for jumpers really well. Like the way that he he plants, like on side steps and step backs, and is just able to get to a spot. It's like it's instantaneous. It's it's very cool actually. Um, it's similar to like Kemba, and just their ability. Like one second they're there, the next second they're six feet away. That's a great um, comp. Cause I was trying to think when I was watching, I was watching a little tape on him and I'm like, who does he remind you of? And it's, it's absolutely Kemba. Yeah. Yeah. But like him being 23 and I think it was the torn ACL or torn. Like, he, he's messed up his knee. Um, he's either his senior year of high school or his freshman year of college. I forgot which one. Um, but between like those two, like even if he fell, I, I'd still take Bain. Cause I think, I think Riller kind of needs the ball in order to really impact the game. And I think having someone like Dez who can play both sides of the court and just plug and play makes him an easier fit. Do you, so Riller, we should say does not project to be like a, a, a point guard. He's more like a combo is that fair characterization? Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, he's, he's a, he's an engine scoring guard, whatever. But he he definitely profiles as someone that's going to come off the bench in the pros, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a scenario if if he's starting, like there's there is a case for him to start somewhere, depending on who's ahead of him. But um, like who else the team has, I think he's probably going to be best used as a pretty good scoring punch off the bench. So it's a good transition to my next one, and then we're going to do um, uh, marry fuck kill. Um, Trey Jones, who's someone that for some reason I'm very interested in, I think probably just because I, of his brother's numbers in Minnesota and specifically, um, how, um, his brother, like when, when Tibbs had him in Minnesota, like the defensive numbers for them were like really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and he just like, he seemed to execute Tibbs system like really well and like knew what he was doing. And I mean, it's easy to look impressive next to Jeff Teague, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> so, sorry. I mean, you know, yeah, I have to, I had to say that. Um, Trey Jones ceiling is what to you? Uh, I think he's a backup point guard. Okay. Do you yeah, like, I we, I don't think we've talked about him before. Do you like him? Are you high on him? Are you mediocre on him? Where are you at on him? Um, I'm lower on him than I was his brother. Um, I don't know. Like this year, I think his tape just didn't really look that good on either side, uh, compared to last year. But I think especially with him, that's his role and he's not going to be playing the same role he played this year with Duke at the next level. Um, 
but that also kind of shows that if he is forced to take on a higher usage, he's probably not going to be very effective at it. Um, do you, so, you know, it casts his ceiling a little bit, I guess. Do you, do you think there's any world where he could be, uh, a Darren Collison type next to, um, we've, I know we've used this comp in the, uh, for some other higher level point guards, um, in the draft. I think Kira, we may have used this, but like the Darren Collison to a Victor Oladipo type, or do you not think he could get to that point? I don't even think he'd get to that point. Because well, there's, yeah. there's like, there's no like creation skills for him. Like there's no really avenue where he, he creates advantages for his team. It's not like he is super quick. I don't really think he uses screens that well. Um, his footwork, I guess is pretty good. Um, but he's also not that big. Um, so even if he's able to stay in front of guys, it's possible he'll still have his, you know, shot blocks from the back or effective from the back. Um, like Collison at least had the speed and especially in transition. Um, I just, I think Trey is just kind of capped at like, you know, maybe a lesser Monty Morris or something like that. Like a okay. more defensive Monty Morris, which isn't a bad player, just not a starter. Okay. No, that's, that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So here are the Mary fuck kill rules. Um, well, I mean, anyone who's ever played this game. So, Mary is obviously the one you want to stay with for for the long term. Um, uh, fuck is uh, maybe a, a nice pop, um, but not. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Um, if you want to interpret it as they'll look good right away, you could do that. If you want to, if you want to interpret it as like they'll have some high highs, but ultimately the the uh, downfall outweighs the benefits, and then kill is is obvious. Um, okay, so we're going to start with some second round backup point guards who I think all of these guys will be in contention for the next 38th pick. Um, Cassius Winston, uh, Devin Dotson, and Malachi Flynn. So you got to pick one for each. Flynn, Dotson. Okay. Um, Flynn, I'd marry. I knew you were going to um, say that. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be a very, very good player. Um, how good can you do not, not too, don't spend too long on it, but because I've heard you, you like him a lot and I, yeah. Um, what do you think he is? How good. I think, I think he has a chance to start. Um, he's someone who I could actually see do really well with like Milwaukee. Um, again, Schwinn and Drew turn off the podcast, Dallas, um, Philly, <laughs> you know, guys, te- teams like that. Um, just a super smart two-way player who can play on and off ball and he plays above his size. Like it, it's hard not to like him. Okay. Um, Winston Dotson. Um, They're both older, right? Well, Winston's, I think yeah. the older of the two. Um, but Dotson yeah, seems so, to have fans though. I don't, yeah. I think, I'll kill Dotson. Um, yeah, poor Dotson. You know, yeah, I, I'd fuck Winston. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's so weird saying that on. Well, that's I listen. I the, the purpose of these pods at this point is to make you as uncomfortable as possible. So I'm happy that yeah. I've done that. <laughs> um, okay, do, do, but when when these are both backup point guards, like full stop, is it fair to say? Yeah, and I think they both have very clear kind of limitations. Uh, I think Dotson projects as the much better defender, but, uh, and finisher, but I think, I think Cassius maybe has some sort of weird route to being a Devante Graham lesser. Oh, there just like, just because he's, he's got the shooting. Um, okay. And he's also a good passer too. Has his defense. Not particularly good. Okay. Um, I mean, look, he's projected to be a backup for a reason. Okay. Um, I again, this one's going to be on the on the easier side, uh, I think. But well, it's the one answer I know already. But the other two, it's going to be interesting for me to hear. Uh, Mary fuck kill Cole, uh, Kyra, or Tyrell Terry. Mm. Um, 
I'd kill Terry. I'd marry Kyra and I would fuck Cole. Wow. I thought you, I thought there was going to be more of a, the fact that you started with killing Terry um, was, is interesting to me. You're really yeah, not so, very high on him. I, I, I don't think he's nearly as good as some in the draft community think. Um, like he's, so the way I see it, we he should say a, brief, briefly, he is the he is the Landry Shamet um, comp for this draft. Yeah. He's a he's a little guy who seems to pour it in from uh, wherever. Sh- Shamet was a legit shooter, though. Like Shamet was an elite shooter coming out of college. Terry, I think he's a, he's a very good shooter. I don't think he's elite. Um, is that that is a difference? That is a difference. And like I feel, especially at that size, you need some outlier skill. Like he is Trey uh, Trey Young size. He's six two with a six two and a half wingspan. Ooh. He's one hundred and sixty five pounds. That's tiny. And like, and anyone who's watching the playoffs or who's kind of watched basketball, I guess, at all at any point in their life, has seen smaller guys and weaker defenders get targeted. Um, you know, in big matchups, whether it was. You know, Michael Porter Jr., um, Denver just constantly getting, you know, attacked. Uh, Lou I mean, Williams attacked on switches. and We're, we're, we're around away from seeing Miami probably literally try to get Kemba matched up. I actually, well, I mean, I don't even, even, they could run out lineups where they don't even need to switch. They could just put out a bunch yeah. of five, five big guys, but you get the point. And that's Kemba Walker, and Kemba Walker is like not 6'2". Um, one sixty-five. Kemba's pretty. Yeah, I mean Kemba's strong. He's yeah, like pound for pound, he's just much stronger. And but he'll he'll still get targeted. Yeah, but so if you're having someone like Kemba who's getting targeted, who will get targeted, and you have somebody who's even smaller than that, there's going to be a bigger target on that person's chest. And when you don't have something on offense that can completely neutralize that, I think that's an issue. Like so, you're. If you were buying the shooting more, we could at least say, okay, he's a regular season player who could help you for, you know, off the bench for whatever. But you're you're just not sold enough on the shooting to even make that proclamation. Am I hearing you right? Yeah. Okay. And like, I, I don't think he's a particularly, you know, high-level passer. Like, I would take Nico above above Terry. I would take Yamadar above Terry. Wow. Uh, okay. I would take Malachi easily above Terry. Um, yeah geez i'll i guess his agent's not gonna be calling you for a good uh recommendation anytime soon um <laughs> yeesh. um we've talked about kira a lot on past podcasts um i feel like we don't need to talk about him much anymore cole i we i don't know i don't know what else to say there was about cole um i there is something that I, I've said this, I probably said this to you on multiple podcasts at this point. There is something about him that I keep coming back to where I'm like, I just wish I ha- I could convince myself that he is not good because I just, no, because I see the numbers and I'm looking at the numbers. I'm like, these, these numbers are terrible. They're awful. They're awful numbers. Yeah. And the eye test backs up the numbers. If you just watch the games, he makes stupid passes and too many stupid passes and the too many of the shots just don't go in the basket. And like, these are things that happen. And yet there are things that he could do and that he has done that are, there's just not a lot of other people in the draft that can do those things. So I don't, I I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. He's someone who I think like he's going to get drafted maybe lower than he should. Um, but I think that's going to benefit him. Like, I think he'll go to a playoff team. I think he'll, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be good. Maybe, maybe not like a high level player, um, starter, but like if he goes to Toronto or, you know, Miami or again, Dallas, some, some place that can have him mostly play off ball and with a really good developmental staff, I think he can turn out to be pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, like, the, like, you can't convince me that there's not, and again, Jamal Crawford came in the league at a different time where maybe guys didn't get targeted on defense as much, but like, you know, you can convince me that he's going to have a Jamal Crawford type career and that wouldn't show. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's the shooter that Crawford is. Um, and he's obviously not as big, but 
Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's move on. I can't, I can't think of, <laughs> talk about Cole anymore. All right. Marry, fuck, kill. We got three more. Um, and then I'm going to get, I'm going to get you out of here. Even though we spent most of our time bullshitting before I pressed record. Um, I'm going to get you out of here under an hour. Um, Mary Fakil, uh, Precious, um, Achua, Patrick Williams, or Jalen Smith. So we got three intriguing power forwards, I guess, would be the categorization for all three of these guys who maybe late lottery, maybe fall a little bit. Um, you know, di- different people like them. Um, I think I've had the same order every time, actually. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd kill Jalen, I'd marry Pat, and now I'd fuck Precious. That's what I. That's what I was figuring. Um, yeah. Really quick on Pat Williams, he we mentioned this on the Hoops by Pod we did, um, but he seems to be rising. Um, I watched a little bit of him. I mean, he could he could do all he or let me rephrase that he has shown the ability to do all the things that you want him to do so yeah. that's that's interesting right yeah and he's he's super young also youngest um, youngest um college player in the draft i believe right i think so that sounds right yeah um yeah and like he's a really good rim protector i think for the four and um you know as you said he's shown a little bit of everything and just whether or not you can bring it out, but even if we can't bring it out, so it's constantly there. Um, I think it, he's still a role player. I think he's still going to be like a good, you know, two way impact role player. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fair. Okay. Two more. Um, this one. I'm, oh, I'm excited about this. I'm not as excited about this one as I am the last one, but I'm excited about this one. Uh, Mary fuck kill RJ Hampton, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Leandro Bolmaro. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Yeah, Bolmaro. I would fuck Bolmaro. I'd marry Maxi, and I would kill RJ. <laughs> Speaking of guys, you don't really care for. Um, yeah. What it, RJ fell to twenty-seven in our mock that we did for hoops by, um, which I guess is not really crazy. Um, I sent you what I what I wrote on Maxi. Um, mm-hmm. I'm. St- I don't know. I'm still not sold. Um, I want to be sold. I want to like him more than I do. I'll say that. I don't, because right. he, he's a guy you want to like. Right. But well, the one thing, like, I think with him, the biggest thing that he has to improve, like if he can improve the shot, then he's going to be at least a good role player. Um, and I think the shot's going to come like he literally blocks his vision on the way up and he shoots out. So it's not like he has some weird MKG form or he's a non shooter. Cause he shoots like whatever it was, 80 something percent from the free throw line. And he has unbelievable touch. It's just, you know, raise the arm up a little bit more and stop shooting out. And he should end up being a pretty good shooter. Yeah. Um, um. Bolmero, if there's a place I could bet right now that if the Celtics keep both of their late first round picks, I would I would bet like a week salary that one of them will be Bolmero. Um, if he would get, make Max really happy. I mean, if he gets there, we'll see if he gets yeah. there. He'll probably might, he might get there, right? He should be available. I think at 26 is their first pick. Um, yeah, second pick, the 14. The four, yeah, sorry, 14, uh, 26 yeah. And, and 30. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he just signed the four year contract with Barcelona also. Yeah, so, but he has an out. I'm, I'm assuming he has an out at some point before the four years. Oh yeah, I mean they always do. It's just how much. Yeah, and like how long are you willing to wait? And I think Boston's kind of willing to wait a little bit. I mean they they should be because where the hell is he going to play unless like they lose Wanamaker this season, this off season, I yeah. guess. But I would think that they should be able to keep him. Um, yeah. Okay, I I was so excited. I, so. I knew I wanted to do a marry fuck kill where I got Wiseman and Toppin in the same one, but I couldn't think of I couldn't think of the right third guy until I was like, wait a minute, this is my podcast. I'm making the rules. Is so, it could be Mitch? what is it, Mitch? No, 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 no. I'm not going to give it to you that easy. Um, I oh wait a minute, hold on. Yes, it is. That's Kevin Knox's music. Kevin Knox. <laughs> Obi Toppin, 
James Wiseman. Um, go. Uh, I'd kill Kevin Knox. Oh, I would, yeah, I'm sorry. I could never get behind him. I just, I, I don't think he's good. I don't. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, I should have taken Mikhail, like I suggested. Um, just would, heartless. Uh, just heartless. <laughs> heartless. I'd marry Wiseman, and then I would fuck Obi, and then after marrying Wiseman, I guess <laughs> I would try to trade Mitch and see what I could get. I was about to say after I thought you were going to say after marrying Wiseman, I would seek a good divorce attorney. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, do you, is there a world where I mean, this is a silly question. I mean, there's I'm sure there's a world where Wiseman could be really good. Um, but I, I I saw I think you retweeted earlier today or yesterday the video, yeah, the clip of him yeah. just like not making the simple easy pass, and it's like that's worrisome. There, there were so many times this year where he had like a double team coming, and he would either spin baseline, getting away from the double team to take a fadeaway jump shot, or he, he would take the jump shot anyway, missing like one or two wide open guys. And yeah, like I think, I think he will rebound. Well, I think he will finish in the paint. Well, um, I think if you put him in drop, I think he'll actually be pretty decent there. Uh, I just, you'd really have to limit his offense um, and get him to buy into like, if he buys into a Rudy role, then I think he can be a, a good player. I just don't know if he wants to be that considering everything from EYBL and how he apparently thinks he's a unicorn. <laughs> um, very, very quickly is, is he, what, what is he going to be defending on switches on the, on the perimeter? Do you think? Slow. Like, I don't think he's <laughs> ringing endorsement. Yeah. I don't think he can keep up with quicker guys. I think he's just kind of heavy footed and I think his hips are kind of stiff. Um, he, like there have been, I think maybe one or two times and, tiny three game sample size um, where he was beaten off the balance and he might've recovered at the rim. Um, but given the level of competition aside from Oregon, um, I don't really think you can really read much into it. Uh, okay. I wouldn't. Yeah. Like if you're trying to switch <clears throat> with him, you need to have the help ready to come like immediately. I, I there is still a part of me that thinks the 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 um, monkey wrench thrown into the draft night gears is Wiseman falls and keeps falling because I just it's I I just I just don't know how if you're if you're G, I mean these are GMs of shitty teams and shitty teams try to keep their uh, or shitty GMs of shitty teams try to keep their jobs and they do safe things to, you know, try to ensure that. And I get that, but I think, I think Wiseman's safe though. I think he's safe in that, you know what you're going to get. Yeah. But how do you, yes, there are flaws. How do you watch the playoffs? How do you watch these playoffs that we are watching right now? And like, where, where, where is Wiseman fitting in? It, and I'm not even talking about Wiseman now. I'm talking about Wiseman like, yes, let's say he buy. I mean, I, I guess he, I guess he fits in. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Um, I mean, I would just say in like Utah, like he has to be in a Utah system. I think both on offense and defense where he's just constantly setting screens, um, maybe doing a couple like basic dribble handoffs, but you're not really expecting him to dribble that much. You're pretty much telling him no jump shots at least. For a few years until he can hopefully get that down um but like yeah i mean he's not bam he's not gonna he's not spacing like brooke lopez although he hasn't i don't think i don't think he's done that well off the top of my head um it's see but this is your this is you're proving my point i don't think it's safe if there if if there was i don't know um so i think if you're charlotte especially charlotte it's safe because they need a big. And if you have somebody who can get into the paint like Rozier can, even with all his other flaws and his inability to make a lob pass, if he can learn that skill, shout out Max Carlin, um, <laughs> he might be able to do something there. And again, like if you're, you know, Charlotte has pretty much no franchise players. Like Malik Monk is not. Malik 
Malik Miles Bridges, I think can be. I was about to say, I, I don't think you mean to say Malik Monk. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, you're and right. They they yeah. have no yeah. they have no franchise player. Devontae yeah. Graham, I, mean, I like, love, but he's not a franchise player. Yeah, and like PJ Washington, I love also. But oh, I, I really like him too. Um, yeah, I actually think PJ fits with Wiseman too. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, look, I hope they take him because um, God knows the last thing I want is for either him um, or Toppin to be sitting there. It, it, God, I think at this point I would sign for just have Wiseman go at three, have Toppin go at five to Cleveland where I, it's just it's just take him. He's the home. He's the he's went to that school. Take him. Does he know it was in Cleveland? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen, this, 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 anybody just go what, Google. Uh, I forget the article. Um, it's out there. Day, day, Google Obi Top in Daytona Beach. There you go. That's it. Google that. Um, and just I will sign for that right now. And then whatever happens, happens. I think at that point, once Toppin's off the board and once Wiseman's off the board, whatever the Knicks do, I'm going to be comfortable with. Because I think at that point, it's like. I think so, I think something good will happen. I, I will be happy with the thing that happens. Let me rephrase that. I think I will be okay with yeah. the thing that happens. But yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, I've kept you uh, talking um, for over an hour, um, but don't go yet because I'm going to sign off and then we could chat for just a minute more. Um, as for everybody else, thank you. Oh wait, wait hold on. Uh, do you want to plug or promote anything? Uh, I still don't have any new scouting reports coming out, but I'm still putting out videos. So just follow me on Twitter at SK Perlman and check out the reports that I have put out on, on uh, at the Stepian. If you're not following, I, I take it for, see, this is the problem. I take it for granted. If you're not following Spencer, he's like, literally you just follow you and get all of your draft, <laughs> <laughs> get all your draft, get everything you need, um, to get you educated on the draft. Um, just scroll your, scroll your feed. Uh, SK Perlman on Twitter. Um, God, the Stepien reports are good. I still go back to them uh, probably every other day because um, the, the the summaries in the beginning are just really helpful to remind myself of like the uh, the big ticket items for all these guys. Um, you're great. Uh, thank you. And of course, everybody out there, thank you for listening to another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. We'll be back with you with another episode um, before you know it. And we'll talk to you soon. Good evening.